Hello, everybody. Happy St. Patrick's Day. I no longer celebrate it, but <laughs> happy patties nonetheless. Man, back in the day, we would totally get into it. Cat's family heritage, all that stuff. I made the traditional corned beef dinner. I did it last year, and I tried to keep the spirit of that alive, but man, it was, it was fucking sad. <laughs> I'm by myself with this big roast. Butter, braised carrots, coal can, and the whole deal. Giant mess in the kitchen. Way too many leftovers. I'm sitting there alone eating this meal. <laughs> I mean, seriously. You want to feel like a complete loser? Celebrate something like that by yourself. And the prices of those briskets now. Jesus on the cross. It's like $17 for a small one. I think I may as well just get a nice lobster tail and be done with it. Finally, some good news. The bill to eradicate daylight savings time passed through the Senate with a unanimous vote. So everyone in the Senate voted yes. <laughs> See? I told you we were starting to unify. When was the last time the Senate was unanimous on anything? Some people like daylight saving time, right? And some people hate it. I'm in that hate crowd. I have grown to dislike daylight saving time for years. And not because of the many reasons people hate it. I hate it because I have a lot of watches. I've got two vehicles that I've got to go in and program. I've got six clocks in my house, three in my kitchen alone. That is too much fucking work. I don't care if it's, it's going to be dark at 8 a.m. in January, February. I don't have a problem driving in the dark. I just get tired of having to change the time on 15 different things that I own twice a year. First world problems, I know. <laughs> Got Ukrainians are homeless, dying, watching their country get leveled to the ground. Japan has another massive 7.3 earthquake. Got tsunami warnings. Economy in the shitter, inflation through the roof. I'm bitching about having to change the time on my clocks. <laughs> I should change my middle name to Dick. So the bill still has to pass the House, right? Then it lands on Biden's desk for him to sign it. And I'm sure he'll get right on that. Because he's got nothing more important on his mind. I don't get too excited, though. It's not going to go into effect until November of next year. I guess these transportation companies have their schedules set according to the time changes. So they need more time to work that out. And Tom Brady came out of retirement over the weekend. Retirement. <laughs> Does taking a break in the off-season for six weeks qualify as retirement? And it's not like I'm upset, all right? This is the greatest quarterback of all time. I love seeing him play. But if you're not like 100% sure that you don't still have the drive and the passion to play a sport, why make an announcement, right? And then turn around and make another announcement. I don't think there were a lot of people who were going to be surprised that he came back. I'm just surprised that he did it six weeks after retiring. It's like when Michael Jordan retired. After winning three straight championships, I knew this guy was coming back. 
because he said it was his childhood dream to play professional baseball. The thing is, he sucked at baseball. I mean, he was a dumpster fire. So his stint with the White Sox was all we needed to see to believe that he'd return, which he did. Then he wins three more titles, retires again, comes back and shits the bed playing for the Washington Wizards. <laughs> Brady went out on top in February. So you got to wonder where he's going to go. You know, when he retires for real, where's he going to be? But let's remember, this is a guy who lives and breathes football. It's not just the sport. It's everything about it. He loves being with the guys, the workouts, the training, the practice, all the prep. He was born to do this. So good for him, right? He's going to go do it until he doesn't love it anymore. Or maybe just until he simply can't compete. I used to do the corniest shit on St. Patrick's Day. I'd put a drop of green food coloring in my glass before I'd pour a beer into it and drink green beer. Why? Why did I do that? Looked weird. And it was just her and I. Right? It's funny if you're doing it with a bunch of people. But it's nonsensical if it's just you. I was a fucking child. <laughs> oh man, it's getting crazy here in Southern California. Road rage has gotten out of hand. I saw this report on the news last week showed these two guys totally duking it out on the freeway no guns thank god but to hold traffic up on the freeway so you two knuckleheads can have a street brawl one of them looked like jake from state farm it was the funniest thing something maybe the guy was asking him for the rogers rate right he said no <laughs> so he called jake out so they can settle it like men i mean traffic out here is bad enough people have to sit in their cars while you guys act like children schedule honestly no i'm serious people shoot each other out here over the dumbest shit last year this woman was driving on the five freeway just outside of anaheim with her little boy in a booster seat in the back of the car and i guess she must have crossed in front of someone and didn't like how you know she changed lanes so they pull out a handgun and they shoot into the back of her car and it struck the boy and killed him that's fucked up right that happens out here a few times a year we had one dude, he set up a sniper nest in the hills off the 101 or something a few years ago. Just randomly picking off cars. It was brutal. Also, in sports, baseball ended its lockout finally. This was another one of those things that went on during the offseason. They were locked out, but no one was really locked out. They weren't doing anything. They missed a couple of weeks of spring training. Big deal. They're still going to play 162 games, half of which are going to be irrelevant because they've expanded the playoffs to include more teams. So you start watching teams who win a bunch of games, get a nice fat lead, and start resting players. Right? It's going to be another shit show. I hope it works out. I really do. Because I like baseball. I don't love it like I used to. I used to live and breathe that sport. I don't live and breathe anything. Maybe Formula One, golf, you know, football. For those who know me really well, I'm not even interested in pro cycling right now. Honestly, I could give a shit less. I tried watching this stage race, the Paris-Nice. I just got so bored, I fast-forwarded to the last five minutes so I could see how it finished. I don't know what's going on with me. So I've been a rabid fan of that sport since Don turned me onto it in 94. Honestly, you know what I think? I think these asshole road cyclists out here in Orange County have ruined it for me. I didn't want to ride with them anymore, didn't want to look like them anymore, didn't even want to ride fast like them anymore. 
It's like they poison the punch. Every Saturday, I'm out with these people who are just enjoying a nice casual day on the bike. We inevitably will run into road cyclists who yell at people in our group. We're in their way. We're not single file. Neither are they. Pot, meat, kettle. Blah, blah, blah. Shut the fuck up. It's guilt by association. These guys want to look like pros. So I associate pro cyclists now with these ass clowns. Riding your bike in your underpants. (laughs) Piss off. Oh, boy. Hey, I had one of the most fun conversations last Sunday. I scheduled a Zoom call with Dave, who's been a, a longtime listener and a friend of mine since the days of my life as a foodie. I didn't even know what Dave looked like. <laughs> I never saw a single picture of him. We've been communicating for years. I have made shit. I can't tell you how many friends from that podcast, but I know what all of them look like. And I've met a lot of them in person. But Dave is like he's in the witness protection program, some shit. None of his social media has photos of him. And he's a fine-looking man, all right? So I don't know what that's about. But what a great time that was. And his wife, Sarah, joined us. She sat down. Just a true pleasure to get to meet them, get to know them. These are people that when you meet them, you instantly like them, right? It's a picture-perfect example of a couple that just belongs together. And they just exude joy. And it helps that they're from the Midwest, right? That's where decent people are bred and raised. It's not like out here. We've got an asshole factory everywhere you turn. But for well over a decade, they've listened to me go on and on about myself. And it was really refreshing for me to get to know them. And guess what? They had a really wonderful story to tell. I'm not blowing smoke. It's a cute couple. Sarah with this perpetual smile on her face the entire time she sat next to Dave. So friendly. And here I am apologizing to her, right? From my potty mouth on this podcast. And she's like, get out of here. Like you can tell when a, a couple has a marriage that works, you know, and that's a marriage that works. When Dave told me that he couldn't bring himself to listen to the final episode of My Life as a Foodie because it bummed him out that I was retiring it, it almost made me want to cry. I mean, to think that someone liked my simple show that much made me feel warm inside. Say, hey, I started that show alone in my bedroom. I was staring at a magazine cover with Obama on it. So I could feel like I was actually talking to someone. I was nervous, worried that I was about to make a fool of myself. It turned into one of the most rewarding experiences of my life. And it took me on a journey that I never would have been on had I not pressed record that day in June 2007. And it brought me so many friends like Dave, like most of you. It also nearly destroyed my health, but you know that story already. (laughs) Damn, it's a close call. So Dave is big into smoking, all right? So he gave me some insight as to why these pellets that I've been using in my wood fire pizza oven are giving off a kerosene scent and flavor. I had bought this big bag of Traeger pellets because Traeger is a big name brand and I'm a dumb shit lemming who doesn't know any better. Turns out that when I normally will smoke anything, I use wood, but I can't use wood in this thing. It requires pellets. So I don't know. But these Traeger pellets, Dave told me, they use scented oils. And so when you light that shit on fire, you get kerosene scents and flavors. Well, fuck that noise. So he gave me the brands to look for, Bear Mountain and Lumberjack. So I'm going to look for that. When I find it, I'll try it. And then I'll share my experiences here. 
You see, I don't know at all, right? Which is why I love having people around me who can share their knowledge, you know, just like I try to share mine. And it's further proof that we can never stop growing as home cooks. And another reason why I love being part of this community, like we're in it together. Dave, man, he smokes all kinds of shit. He smokes cream cheese and not cold smoking either. Full on smoker temps. So you, you cover it with a nice rub, you put it in a pan and you smoke that stuff. It's unbelievable. Smoked cream cheese. Don't think I'm not trying that shit. But we opened up about a lot of personal stuff on both sides. Uh, there are a lot of things that I just can't share here. I won't share here. There are things you probably don't even want to know about me. But it was nice to be able to share that stuff with them. But more importantly, it was nicer to get some of their insight, right, into their lives and hear what's going on with them. Like I said last week, everyone has a story. This is why I love hearing people's stories and why I've been working so hard trying to get this memorial video business off the ground. Helping people tell their story is important to me because I find human beings the most fascinating things in the world. You can have four siblings grow up together, go their separate ways, come back in 10 years and see how radically different everyone's life is. Now from the camera to my podcast, blogging, journals, and now this memorial video service, nothing is more intriguing to me or more satisfying than telling stories. Everyone has one. And I would like to help them tell it. Even if they don't want to tell the story, even if they don't want the story told, I still want to hear it. You put a microphone in front of an older person, boy, you better have a large memory card because they're going to talk. Anyway, Dave, Sarah, love you both. Thanks for spending time with me on Sunday. Had a blast. Man, you should see Dave's man cave too. Holy shit. This dude has a cold room with kegs and shit a full-on bar with tap handles, and a big HD screen above the bar showing you what's on tap. I mean, it's like you're walking into an actual bar. Because Dave was a big home brewer back in the day. Never did ask him what styles he favored. Everyone knows mine. If I have to pick one style, Belgian Saison. I would drink that for the rest of my life. Impressive shit. I've never been that motivated to build an actual bar in my house. I'd never seen anything like that before. I've seen some home bars, man, but that one took the cake. It's like I wanted to tell you the kinds of stories that were going on around the time I was doing the food show, but I couldn't tell them because they had nothing to do with food. And also, they were really inappropriate. Like the time my friend gave me a, a filthy toy to play with and I couldn't stop pranking people with it. I had this guy who was a friend of ours. We used to hang out with this big group of friends. And every Christmas, we'd have a gift exchange, and he'd bring these giant trash bags filled with stuff. Now, he was a buyer for gift shops. So, I guess these places, they would go and get samples. You know, the gift shops, you have like all kinds of trinkets, shot glasses, keychains, toys, shit like that. But they would have all this stuff that they would make that they could personalize for you. And he would bring some of the most obscure stuff. And some of it was so stupid, I couldn't imagine why anyone would want to buy it. If any of you remember Dude Night, the first couple episodes, Don and I had gone, we, we put these electrodes on Gonzo. And there was this game that I'd gotten from him, uh, my friend. And basically what it was, it was like, you know, everyone put the electrodes on. And it was like musical chairs. There was this 
circle of different red, uh, red, blue, and white, and yellow colors, and it would go around and around. It would make a bunch of noise, and the minute it stopped, you had to press a button, and the last person to press their button got shocked. But we said, fuck that. Let's just hook it up to Gonzo, crank it to 10, and shock the shit out of him. And we wouldn't tell him when we were going to do it either. We'd just start talking. In the middle of a sentence, we'd zap him. And it wasn't so funny that, you know, he was getting shocked. It was his reaction. It was great. If we had any guts at all, we'd attach him to his balls. And it was like a light dog shock collar. Anyway, that was the kind of stuff that I would get from him. So one year, he brings out this little, it's like a little stuffed chihuahua toy. And what you do is basically you, you, you wrap its arms and legs around someone's ankle. And then they've got this remote and you press a button. So when you press the button, the dog starts humping your leg. And it starts off really slow and then gets medium and then starts going faster. And meanwhile, the dog is making these like cartoon dog sounds like. It's really messed up. And then when it got to the finale, there were these long money strokes, right? And the dog's like making this noise. It was disgusting. So Don had come over, right, with a bunch of people. He had a dinner party. And uh, I, I didn't tell Don anything. I said, Don, check this out. And I wrapped it around his ankle, press a button. A little chihuahua starts humping his leg. Everyone's laughing, right? And Don gives me this look like I knew he just wanted to shove it up my ass. Oh, God. But that's the kind of stuff, the stories I wanted to tell but couldn't. And now you know why. <laughs> hey, I mentioned cold cannon. Have you guys ever had this? It's an Irish potato dish. It's good for St. Patrick's Day. It's a real heart stopper. I mean, it'll make you fat, but it's delicious. It's a real simple dish, right? You make mashed potatoes, really creamy, right? With some heavy cream and a lot of butter, like a couple sticks of butter. And you whip that up. Then you shred some cabbage and you soften that in a skillet with some butter and chop up some ham in quarter inch squares, slice some scallions really thin and throw all that stuff into the potatoes. Mix it really well and then season it to your liking, and that's the dish. It's incredible, but it's not something you want to eat if you're on any kind of diet or program. It brings back fond March memories for me whenever I have it. On the subject of March, March Madness starts today, as if we haven't had enough madness this month. I can't even remember the last time that I've picked a perfect Final Four. It's really hard to do. It was like the last time all the number ones made it, I think. Or maybe I think I had a number two seed in there. But you look at these brackets and you think, hey, this makes perfect sense. Who's going to beat this one seed? You'd be surprised. Number one seeded teams often come into these games thinking it's going to be a cakewalk, right? So they come in overconfident. Then a 16 seeded team has got nothing to lose. They whip their ass and they break 80% of all the brackets. It's like a rat. It's a small little creature, right? You figure you can corner it and kill it with a shovel until that desperate little fucker has no choice but to run at you and sink its tiny teeth into your ankle. You're the one seed. The rat is the 16th. You want to kill it? Be smart. Use a pelican from a safe distance. <laughs> or to use a basketball term, set a trap defense with some peanut butter on it. Catch it that way. Make it think it has a chance. Listen to me. No love for rats. A New York City man needed to be rescued twice on consecutive days while hiking in the northern Arizona mountain range. Authorities said.
The 28-year-old Brooklyn man first called 911 on Wednesday at about 7 p.m. to say he got lost while hiking on Humphreys Trail in the San Francisco peaks north of Flagstaff. The trail runs through some 5.5 miles, 8.9 kilometers of steep, rocky terrain between the Arizona Snowball Ski Resort and Humphreys Peak, the state's highest point with an elevation of 12,633 feet, 3,851 meters. Snowcut vehicles from the ski resort drove the man off the mountain. He declined medical attention. But at 5 p.m. the next day, the hiker called 911 to say he needed help after injuring himself in a fall near a ridge on the Humphreys Trail. An Arizona Department of Public Safety rescue helicopter was sent to pick up the man and another hiker who had stopped to help him. The man, who was not identified, was provided with preventative search and rescue education about the conditions on the trail in the approaching winter storm and encouraged to not attempt the hike again. What a dumbass. First of all, if you're not familiar with an area that you're hiking in, Stay on the trails. In this case, it was snowing. So you probably couldn't even see the trails. At that point, you either use a compass or turn back to the trailhead. It doesn't take a genius to realize that you're asking for trouble. This chooch was obviously inexperienced. New York City, right? Not a whole lot of nature hiking going on there. <laughs> Dope. And not only does he have to be saved once, but twice. You know what it costs? To have a helicopter come out there and find your dumbass. Hey, I'm a relatively experienced hiker. Even I wouldn't try hiking in an area that I'm unfamiliar with in the snow. It's unbelievable. This is the same kind of asshole who would get involved in a fist fight on the freeway. They don't care about anybody else. It's going to do my thing. I'll call you if I need to be rescued. Oh, yeah? <laughs> well, buona fortuna. Good luck with that. They tell that asshole to go get an education on that shit. <laughs> Don't come back. <laughs> I hope they charged him for it. Hey, listen, I was going to put this off to next week, but I was kind of intrigued. There's this two-part documentary on HBO. It's called Phoenix Rising, and it's streaming now. I decided to watch it a couple nights ago. Now I was really tired. I was not getting good sleep earlier in the week. But I got through it. It features Evan Rachel Wood. She's an actress from Westworld. And it focuses on her relationship with Marilyn Manson, whose real name is Brian Warner. I had no idea that they were even, that they dated or anything like this. And it was pretty enlightening. He's like 18 or 19 years older than she was. And they started dating. She was only 18. It was fucking creepy. And hey, I was a big fan of Marilyn Manson back in the day. I had all the CDs he put out, the remixes. I remember a handful of years ago, I heard the news of his physical, emotional, and, and sexual abuse that had come out. A bunch of women who had been in relationships with him had gone to the authorities with proof of all these allegations. And they got him into a lot of hot water. So much so, his record label dropped him. Uh, his agent left. All the TV and movie deals that he had working, that he was working on, they got dropped. I mean, it was a Harvey Weinstein thing all over again. But they couldn't do shit about it because of the statute of limitations here in California. And I had read Warner's autobiography years ago. I think it was called The Long Hard Road Out of Hell. And he was a troubled kid. I mean, he was raised wrong. So this persona of Marilyn Manson would come as no shock to anybody who knew his story. He even wrote in the book that he had made the decision to stop being Brian and turn himself into Marilyn Manson. I mean, 
total psychopath, absolute piece of cow shit. I purchased this VHS tape they released back in the 90s, followed them on this tour. It was kind of like a documentary, but it was shot on cheap cameras, and it followed the band as they were on tour, and it showed all the protests, Christian protests, all these interviews, but it was a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff. They were wrecking everything. They would destroy hotel rooms, just acted like maniacs. It was some pretty sick shit. They were humiliating people, especially women. They would tie them up, blindfold them, throw shit at them, humiliate them, and then laugh while they did it. It was like egg running down someone's face. So yeah, none of what these women are saying goes against the picture that I have painted in my mind of this guy. But that tape, when I watched it, that was it for me. I didn't buy anything else after that. I kept the music because I bought it, and I still liked the music, but I wasn't going to support him anymore. He turned into a real sadistic son of a bitch. I feel sorry for these women. But after seeing how sick this guy got, right, I am totally over it. right? I, after it was done, I woke up the next morning. I tossed his book. When I find the CDs, I'm going to chuck those too. I just can't with him anymore. There were an entire group of girls all around the same age. He would date them all at the same age. He did all the same stuff too. He raped them, everything. Treated women like they were disposable. In fact, with with, uh, Evan Rachel Woods, he had actually, she was going to perform in this music video of his that he wrote about her. And he gave her a bunch of drugs and stuff before they shot the music video. So she was completely out of it. And he raped her in the video. They're having like a full-on sex scene. She's totally out of it. This guy needs to be put away. What a story. I don't suggest you watch it if you've got a light heart. But if you feel the need to, like you want to strangle someone, definitely watch it. (laughs) This guy didn't name himself Manson by accident. I mean, the entire time, I'm listening to this guy's music and admiring his artwork and the videos. I'm seeing all this dark shit, right? The Nazi stuff, the racist stuff. And you think it's a commentary against all of that. No, it wasn't a statement. That was who he was or who he is. It was a guy who got bullied as a kid and decides to build himself up to become an even bigger bully. He'd whip these women on what's called a kneeler. You know the thing Catholics kneel on to pray? He'd bend them over that, tie them to it, and well, they were kneeled on it, and he'd whip him with a Nazi whip from the Holocaust. That's what kind of a sick and twisted motherfucker this guy is. It kind of leaves me ashamed. All that time I saw him as an artist. In reality, he was letting us all know that, no, he's a Nazi. He's a racist. He cares about himself and his ego more than humans. I've gone from a guy who appreciated his music to a guy now who wants to beat his fucking ass. How many books I read back then about serial killers, just trying to understand what caused that, why they were the way they were. And here I was around the same time reading an autobiography of a man who was grooming himself to be the same type of person, just falling short of killing someone. Ginormous load of dog shit he is. And I'm just kind of ashamed of my younger self for not seeing through that. I take art at face value. All right, I always have. I never thought this guy was serious. I just happen to like dark shit. I create dark art myself, but it's just art to me. I'm not a dark person. You guys know me. I like dark coffee. That's about it.
But it's funny how all this goes back to parenting, isn't it? <laughs> right? You raise your kids right, make sure they're responsible, have the right values, pay a lot of attention to them, spend time with them. That way, you know, when they leave your house, when they're 18 or whatever, they're good to go. Otherwise, you're basically delivering a carnage machine to the rest of the world. Also, don't ever let your daughter date a rock star. Has that ever worked out for anyone? I mean, look what happened to Pam Anderson. Man, I can never end this show on a high note, can I? (laughs) I'm always leaving on the downer segments. Eh, That's how I roll, I guess. All right, have a great St. Paddy's Day celebration, if you're celebrating it. Have a green beer for me. Thanks again for listening, and I'll see you all again next week. Until then, my name is Phil, and this has been Inane. Cheers. Demons!